Hey, thank you for joining us. It's Meet Me for Coffee, your entertainment music podcast where we talk to the most interesting people in entertainment and music. I got one of my favorite vocalists, uh, Tommy Vext here. How's it going, man? I'm chilling, man. I am. Uh, we're coming to you live from Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, fantastic. Music City. Um, I know you, li- you lived in Los Angeles for quite some time. Why Nashville, man? Uh, well, I mean, I think there's a mass exodus from California happening. Um <laughs> You know, uh, it's, you know, the, the rent is astronomically high, uh, the homelessness. And I mean, people are shooting drugs in the street. There's 10 cities just everywhere. Um, you know, and it's just, we've gone beyond, uh, we've gone. And as someone who is a former drug addict and also a former homeless person, this is, uh, you know, giving out drug kits to these people, uh, I is not, would not have helped me get clean and get off the street. You know, yeah. and so uh, there's just so many things wrong. Gas is seventy seven twenty five a gallon. You know what I mean? And and just the the um, mental illness. Uh, there's a there's like a, a a cloak of narcissism that is just permeates. You know, it's between that and the the actual. I call them the branch covidians. You know, the far they're people who are so such extremists when it comes to COVID that they're not even on a political spectrum. They're almost like, if it was like a flat earth, they would be over the edge, you know, (laughs) they're like on, they're not on this on in a, in a, in a world of sanity. Um, and they're all over the place. Yeah. And and it's just too much, you know, I I heard you quote, um, in a previous interview that, uh, the red States love you and the blue States hate you. So, um, you know, but my con- but I will say that in the blue states, my concerts still sell out. So yeah, I believe that, and I can't wait for you to come to Canada again. Wow. Like, dude, something. I would love to come back there. You, you guys, you know, just you guys got some problems up there. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of issues to sort out up here, and there's uh, just just too much happening now with uh, COVID and this Ukraine yeah. war, and it's just like how everything's kind of. Um, I thought COVID was still going on, but now it's about this Ukraine thing. And it's like, it's just so back and forth. And well, I'm you sure could, you could tell that they, you know, whatever the origin story of COVID is, is irrelevant at this right at this point. And what is very prevalent and staring us all in the face is that politicians extended it as long as they possibly could, because they invested stock into Moderna and Pfizer and Johnson and Johnson, and then in turn took our tax dollars all across the world and invested into these companies for the, for these vaccines and then mandated the vaccines so that they had to keep the production line going and they made themselves tens of millions of dollars. Um, and now they've all sold their stock. Yeah. And, and that's what the game was. The their stock time. as well. Yeah. It was a, the whole thing was, was, um, you know, it was opportunistic um, and, and I think, I think COVID was over a long time ago. I think obviously it's something we're going to have to live with. Um, I believe the lockdowns cause more damage than good. Uh, you know, it, I mean, there are, in 2021, more people died of, of fentanyl and opioid overdose in America than died of COVID, but you never heard of it. You didn't hear about it. You know, yeah. I know I, I know about these things because I'm a drug and alcohol counselor. I, I've been sober 13 years and I look into all these things and I study these statistics. And so, you know, it's just kind of um, it's disgraceful what the media has become, you know, the mainstream media. And, you know, now, 
it's just like whoosh, like whoosh, it's gone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's and people are are very afraid to speak out. Um, I don't know why it, it has. It's it's Which like a look. What, what happens? They cancel you. They crucify you. Right? It's civil uh, cancel culture. I experienced it. It's a form of civil crucifixion, right? I, I like got kicked off my record label, kicked out of my band, massive lawsuits, you know, back and forth, 10 months of, you know, uh, you know, having my Instagram deleted, having the media weaponized against me on behalf of, you know, other, you know, other people's interests to try to lambaste me and make me look like I'm someone I'm not. Yeah. Uh, and this is something that's happening to, you know, they tried to do it to Dave Chappelle, they try to do it to Joe Rogan. It just doesn't work anymore because no one's buying it. Absolutely. And I, I feel that, you know, I, I remember when that happened to you and, and all the, the headlines and whatever. And I was like, you know, I really like this guy, man. Like, you know, I really like this vocalist. I like Tommy and, and all the rest of your project leading up to Bad Wolves. I mean, I mean, Divine Heresy, we spoke about that before. And yeah, like, those songs are bangers, right? They're, they're fantastic. Um, we're, we're, we're talking about COVID right now. Trust the science, your newest single. Um, I know it's about, you know, the, the whole quote, trust the science, um, you know, trust us, trust your government and, and trust that we have the best intentions for you. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is that, is that where, where the, the, the meaning of the song comes from? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, you know, all the slogans, right. It's like the lyrics and the bridge and the, and the precursor, just trust the science and be compliant there's no defiance or you will be silenced, you know? And uh, I think to- having Topher on the track, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Topher. He's a, uh, he's a hip hop artist. Yeah. And um, yeah, he just, you know, I sent him the track with my vocals in it and I said, do your thing. Like, and he came, came back and he, he like really went in on it. So I was like, all right, cool. Like, I didn't know if he was going to hold back. Cause you know, we obviously were friends and we talk a lot about this stuff. And, you know, I think that, the song was birthed out of my resentment for what happened to the nurses, the doctors, the first responders, the EMTs, like all these people who in 2020, they had to go to work and the essential workers risked their lives. And we didn't know anything about what was going on. It could have been like the bubonic plague and all those people could have been setting themselves up to die. And because of their sense of responsibility to humanity, they showed up and suited up for work anyway and they dealt with it. And then 12 to 18 months later, because they didn't want to take an experimental vaccine, they got fired. And that is, um, no one should be okay with that, right? I'm not an anti-vaccine person. I am an anti-unconstitutional uh, law person. You know, like my mom got the vaccine. My mom's 73. She's in the at-risk, you know, uh, part i think it's a personal choice you know it should be it should be 100 there's a there's a lawsuit happening in the states right now um with a few lawyers from utah and and, and they were saying that this should not be called the vaccine it should be called the gene therapy treatment because i guess the mrna has been proven to change uh your dna or something like that or it merges mm-hmm. with it and changes you like like genetically right so um I understand, like, you know, as a person on the other side who has their vaccines, but that's because, you know, up here in Canada, it's a whole different ballgame. Like, we don't we don't have the Second Amendment. We don't have, you know, we have, you know, restrictions as to, like, you can't even go to work. Um, 
you know, you can't even, uh, you know, go into uh, places or leave. You can leave the country, but can't come back in unless you have a vaccine. You know, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a big mess up here, man. And uh, hopefully, well, there's a lot uh, of there's a lot of Canadians who live who moved to Mexico who've never come yeah. back. Yeah, it's a whole it's a whole different ball game down in Mexico, and it's uh, definitely something that like people are actually entertained that there used to be people who were very proud to be Canadian and live here and whatever. But when they saw things happening, I know a guy, he moved to the States, he lives in Miami, but he saw it coming. He left like, you know, the first couple of months into this. And uh, it's a scary thing because, you know, you're right. They fire the nurses. Now we need nurses, you know, Mm. Um, I I honestly, like I got in trouble with iHeartRadio in Canada when I was still in bad wolves, because as far back as 2020, I was, I criticized Trudeau Yeah, because it was apparent. It was obvious and apparent to me the direction he was going in because of the things he was saying. Yeah. Right. And so like people got really offended at the radio, the corporate radio stations. This is a problem. A lot of like, you know, a lot of people who work in these corporations, they're fucking stupid. And I just, it is what it is. Like, they're not paying attention because they're literally been programmed to be in they you know you go nine to five you you do your hours you do this you do your work da, 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 you get out and you do that all the way up till you get a promotion and you keep you know they give you a little 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 bit and that's the way the corporate ladder works and then you retire and then you die yeah <laughs> so you don't you don't even have time to investigate you don't you know you're raising a family and you're doing this and trying to do all these things that are, you know, they're distracting you and deprioritizing political investigation from your life, from your life, which now everyone can know, knows now we can all no longer afford the, um, you know, the trauma of our own ignorance. Yes. Yes. And you know? we can no longer afford to lock people down. Uh, Dr. Peter McCullough was on the show a bit earlier in the season. And he said the only people we should be locking down are the people who are actually sick. You know, the people, yeah, uh, the only people that should be locked down are the politicians at this point, in some way, shape, or form. Yes, there's a lot of people who are not speaking up who really should, right? Yeah, I mean, we again, like, I think that you know, these are elected officials who we their power is given by us in, in free nations, they're supposed to govern on behalf of the people and what's in the best interest of the people. So, you know, by continuing in a course of action, first of all, a lockdown is if you, if you look at the definition of a lockdown, a lockdown is a course is, is actually defined as a course of action to contain prisoners. You know what I mean? (laughs) So basically you're already talking, you're already having verbiage where we're no longer free citizens. We're prisoners in our own country. And then it becomes a mental site, like a psyop, a psychological game of getting the, the prisoners in the jail to be the wardens and the and the police in the prison to monitor each other. And you had, you know, financial incentivization in like the city of Los Angeles. They were giving rewards for snitching out on people for who would open their stores or, you know what I mean? Just weird, weird shit. Um and people went along with it because people lack character, you know, and, and they were just so afraid. And I think that people want to be so be perceived as a good person. 
as a moral, like morally good person on social media and in their communities, that they they actually forfeit the actual, you know, sacrifice it takes to do the thing that is right. They don't even know what the right thing to do is. Yeah, me, you know? my wife, my wife and I were just talking about this at the beginning of of this COVID or. Uh, campaign they were showing us videos from china how crazy it was and then yeah yeah i saw that i was in europe i saw that yeah you guys were just uh you probably you guys were touring doing the the, the press for the new record right that's uh we were on tour with megadeth and five yeah. finger in europe and yeah i went to i remember we were in in the netherlands and i was on tour with my ex-girlfriend and zoltan's wife had just got to the tour and they never met so we went over to Zoltan's dressing room and she was like, look, look. And it was people just spitting up blood and falling over dying, which now yeah. we know those were all filmed. It's all fake. hundred yeah. percent. Like it's all we propaganda. Have, we, I mean, if you were to have seen, you know, ambulance rushing constantly on your, on your street and hearing and people falling over, you know, I, I would be the first one in the, in the line to get that vaccine. You know, if it, yeah, yeah. right. But they, mean, but they used, they, the, um, KTLA in Los Angeles actually used during the George George Floyd riots. They literally put up the the screen from from a zombie um, whatever zombie apocalypse movie with Brad Pitt. They used the footage of the whole city burning and put it on the news as if it was real. So you you know there is absolutely no doubt that you you have to be mentally ill to still believe the news is real yeah you know they they just constantly you know for example about 14 days ago you know this is about uh, when putin invaded ukraine i was like i'm gonna reserve judgment on this because i know you know i studied the color revolution i studied the orange revolution I know that the elections in 2004 in Ukraine were rigged. I know that they have not had a free and fair election since 2004. There are people, there are bil global bil globalist billionaires who run that country. And they also have, a. I knew of, of 11 biochemical warfare laboratories that existed in that country. So if I, if I'm, at post COVID and I'm a world leader, you know, and I, this is to say, I don't think Putin's a good guy or anything. Well, he's going up dinner. Uh, I don't think Putin is a good guy or anything, but the fact of the matter is, is that if in post in a post COVID world, I would, I don't want biochemical laboratories on the borders of my nation, especially sure. when I'm being threatened by other countries with sanctions and all this other stuff. You know, and, and I don't want a bordering country that I know is corrupt and has a false government to uh, to have those kinds of weapons, because those are the new weapons of mass destruction, because yeah. COVID caused mass global destruction. And I said all this, and then I posted the, I literally, the, the they were on the, on the U.S. Embassy website, you could see, you know, they admitted that, yeah, we have laboratories. The next day it was gone off the website and people were calling me crazy. And I'm like, guys, I have a perfectly clear track record. A hundred percent of everything I have ever said to you guys has been true. I, cause I don't, it's not a game to me and I don't want to look like an idiot. 
You know what yeah. I mean? Especially with how badly I've been criticized and people trying to run me through it. The bottom line is all these people who criticize me over two years have to understand, now have to admit or just, you know, don't want to admit I'm smarter than them and I'm more well-educated than them. And I care more to look this stuff up. And there you go. Then for 14 days, the government in the U.S. and the media and the celebrities and everyone came out and was like, there are no biochemical labs. It is Russian disinformation, blah, 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 blah. And then three days ago, what happens? The Department of Defense has a press conference and they come out and they're like, we're very concerned that Putin has taken control of our biochemical laboratories. I'm like, bro, like on the nine o'clock news the night before, you said it didn't exist. And then now you're saying it does. And you're saying that Putin has control over the labs. Yeah. And why I, would we believe anything the media says? Yeah. Like why, why should you think twice? If you're going to, you're going to talk to someone who's completely green to all this stuff. What, how, why would you tell them to think twice about everything they hear in the media? Because they have, they have no track record of, of being on point. Nothing they, everything they say is a lie. I do, I can't, they lie more than they tell the truth. Like they're, they're like, if, if the, it's to the point where if the broadcast is like, it's going to fucking it'd be a sunny day. I'm like, I'm bringing an umbrella. Yeah. You know what I mean? So exactly. I, I, it's just, you know, you know, the, the media is controlled by the same few families. You know, and then like the next, you know, we're in an information, we're in information warfare. The next thing is like, dude, if World War Three breaks out, you know, they're, they're going to start nuking people's satellites. You're going to see satellites going down because they're going to want to disrupt global communication of nations and, and, and you know, communications networks because, you, you know, you have, dude, there's a lot of fake videos of bombings in Ukraine that aren't real at all. And they like make all these stories came out in the news, like Snake Island, and you know the Ukrainian soldiers told the Russian soldiers "fuck you," and they were all perished. That none of that happened. You know, you had like some Ukrainian Miss America, Miss Miss Ukraine from the Miss World pageant, holding an airsoft gun, posting a picture, and every news outlet was like, "even the even the models are taking up arms against this is pro women." I'm like, that is a plastic gun. You fools. You know what I mean? And this is the problem. This is how fucking stupid humanity has become. We are fucking doomed, dude. Like, it's yeah. scary. It's so, fucking scary. Because so I'm not scary. that smart. I'm not smart. I literally am a high school dropout. You are smart, man. You are well, smart. Well, I mean, like, it, it comparatively, you know, I'm not, I'm, you know. I'm not out here like that. I'm, I'm like, how is it that a, I'm a simple guy? I'm like, how can this be so obvious to me? And no one, and you know, and you're like, what? How are people not seeing this? And slowly now, you know, most of the anti-vax mandate people are vaccinated now because they, you know, I get people calling me, oh, I didn't believe you. I thought you were crazy. And then I got the jab and then I got the second one and then I got COVID. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> people yeah. who people who who they went the whole first 18 months without getting sick. And then they got jabbed and then everybody there was what was it like 96% of the people who were admitted to the hospitals in 2021 had been double vaccinated if not more. What yeah. what is going on? 
the medicine doesn't work, everybody. Surprise. Yeah, I mean, like the the efficacy apparently is like twenty percent. And if you were, I heard this on Joe Rogan the other day. Um, he they they said like for a a child to get a vaccine, there's no point because they should should fight off the virus naturally, right? That's it does nothing for them, right? For an older older person who's at risk, you know, it might help them. But the, the vaccine, this vaccine or whatever you call it, only lasts about twelve weeks at a time. So. I, again, I, I don't, there's a lot of stuff going on, Tommy, and it's very hard for me to understand fully what's, but I think I understand some of it. And I, what's coming up next is, you know, uh, he said, she said kind of game where, you know, we're, we're cyber attacked or something like that. And everything goes down they try and control some narrative and then collapse the economy. I know that's exactly what's happening, right? Yeah. They're going to roll that. What, what, the conspiracy theorists, you know, the sum of the fears of the conspiracy is that, and it's not really a conspiracy because the World Economic Forum, they they telegraph their moves, right? So in what, 2017 or 2019, they had a whole thing about what if a pandemic happened and then a pandemic happened. And then last year they were like, what if there's a cyber attack and the grids go down and blah, blah. So I'm like, you can just guarantee that it's on, it's on its way. So what yeah. they'll do is that, you know, one day everyone's bank accounts are going to go to zero. The debt's going to go to zero. All money's going to be gone. And they're going to blame it on Putin. And then was like, oh, my God, we got to get them. Like, they cyber attacked us. But meanwhile, the cyber attack will come from inside. Yeah. And this is because the globalists want to create a one world currency. And they want to basically have a digital currency and a, and a social credit system like China has where you get, you know, you're going to get a base rate pay, a living, like a, a survival pay, you know, as a base rate, but you're going to have to be in compliance with everything the government says and does, which means you'll have no medical autonomy, medical freedom. You'll have no freedom of speech. You'll know, you know, forget about having a second amendment rights. Like they, they've completely done away, done away with the constitution. And, you know, then, then they're going to make it so you can't travel. You're not going to be able to get, you know, if you say anything against the government, if you post something on social media, you're going to get a bad credit score. And so you can't buy a flight or you can't go on a bus or you can't buy a car or you can't get a house. And that's the whole, that's their whole plan. And right now, the, you know, Russia and China and North Korea, they don't want to move forward in the globalization of a one world monetary system because they are, their nations are sovereign without it. And now they're gonna, what they're gonna wind up doing is creating this, a reciprocal economic circle in that end of the world where like Russia and China and them, they all do business with each other and they don't fuck with the West. And so the, in order to, you know, have, in order for the globalists to overtake their systems, we're gonna have to have a war against them. So the banking infrastructure is using, we will again, since the Fed was established in, in 1913, they will, they will create, you know, they'll use the, the U.S. military as an extension of their, you know, um, uh, of their, their long, their hand to try to smash their opposition and beat everybody into submission. Yeah. And, and what's going to happen is it's going to be catastrophic. There's going to be millions and millions of lives lost if they go down this road, and and it's not a fight that anybody wants to have, dude. The the people in Russia and Ukraine don't want to fight each other. We don't want to fight with Russia. You know, nobody wants to go to war. Nobody wants this because it, the 
the jig is up. It's over. Yeah. We everyone, Absolutely. you know, people are just over this. They're like, we like just fucking, you know, oh Putin, the gas prices are up because Putin. I'm like, no, they're not. We we only bring in three percent of crude oil from Russia. It would never, it wouldn't triple and quadruple the price of gas. You're you're allowing the gas companies to to gouge the American people and the and the global community because again the politicians have now put stock. They've bought stock in all of the fuel companies, and this is just another form of them lining their pockets. And and to be honest, bro, these people need to be in 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 Guantanamo Bay. They shouldn't be in any any place of power. The corruption is astronomical, dude. You know, I, I fully agree with you. So, if I want to preserve my wealth or whatever, do I invest in crypto, or is that going to be done too? Uh, I mean, the thing is with the blockchain technology, I don't think you can you can always back it up to a hard drive. But then again, it's like, you know, I'm not tech savvy enough to tell you. Um, I think that you're going to see nations buying a lot of gold. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think you're going to see institutions buying a lot of actual like gold because that's the gold standard will be the last thing that there is. Right now, we have no gold standard anymore. We have credit standard. Everything. Yeah, they do. They do. Um, there are, you know, uh, Switzerland does. China. You know? Yeah, China does. But there are, there are nations that don't have that sovereignty in their financial systems because they're basically in a debt racket. Yeah, and it's uh, it's it's going to be very interesting to see what's going to happen. Well, I hope it doesn't happen, man, because it's pretty scary Look, stuff, you know. Listen, I pray every day, like, this, the, what I have seen is so dark and so evil that I've literally, it's pushed me back to church because it's too, you know, I grew up in the, I grew up in, um, in a Lutheran church and, you know, I've read the Bible and everything front to back and all that. And I went away from it and yeah, I kind of had that typical, like angry against church and da da da. And you know, literally like there's so many parallels going on with revelations. It's like, it's actually scary. It's like actually scary. I'm like, Oh, like freaks me out. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? I'm like, yo, I got to get right. Like, I have to like actually change, and I have to like ch- change who I am because this is the this could be the end. You know, and this is not something I ever, you know, I I never thought anything like this would happen in our lifetime. I never thought we would see a world war. You know, or a pandemic, really, or, or whatever it was. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it, these are just things that were like, oh. That would never happen. They would never do that. And that, you know, that was our ignorance. You know, we didn't know what was going on. You know, I, I fully agree. And I, you know, what the summer before, actually, I listened to your, your the Bad Wolves record. You know, I don't know how many hundreds of times that summer. I remember, you know, it was nice and free, no masks. You know, I was just blasting through that. Westfield Massacre, Divine Heresy was on blast. Like I work outside too, right? So it's, uh, you know. We talk about change. You know, you came from a quite a past. You know, I, I listened to a few things that you've said about your life, and it really inspired me today. You know, and, and it's very hard to find find inspiration uh, to make a change in your life. Uh, but to be sober, uh, to to take hold in, in your fitness and your health, and 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 go back and and be with God and find God. Um, let's talk about like. The beginning, like I, I know you have a you have a twin brother. Uh, you guys, uh, 
you guys are you're adopted to a family and 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 you know it, it was a pretty hard upbringing for you guys wasn't it yeah i mean my well my my brother and i our mother was a crackhead she abandoned us and then we got we got adopted into a working class family and you know it's like you know, my dad was a janitor he's a vietnam veteran my mom was a stay-at-home mom and they did the best they could like they you know um things were pretty kind of stable for the first eight to 10 years of my life. And then my, my brother has severe mental health issues. So where I always kind of had um, leaned to the depressive side or like, you know, I, I like my books and like, I like study science and kind of be doing my own thing. You know, my brother started having very, um, uh, panic attacks and violent outrages. And, you know, he was repeatedly institutionalized from around 11 or 12 up until he was 17, I think. Um, and he did, you know, he just, he was not well, he was a scary kid. Um, he, he liked to burn animals and torture and mutilate animals. And, you know, we, when he was in one of the mental institutions, um, cause he used to, he used to abuse the family pets and my, and my mom and my sister and I, and, um, they said he was like a psycho, he was going to be a serial killer. And my parents took him out of that place. Cause they were like, these people are crazy. And, um, yeah, that's like, he eventually grew up to be that. <laughs> it's like, you don't know these things. You know what I mean? Like my parents are very simple people and they, you know, I, I think about them and, you know, they just adopted these two poor babies that were, had no, you know, nobody to take them thinking they were going to give them a better life. And then my, my brother's mental illness unchecked and uh, it just kind of wrecked the whole family. And my dad was sober for many years. He relapsed. He started drinking. My, my mom took my sister and ran away with her and they moved out. And, um, you know, and then I, you know, I stopped caring about school. I stopped going to school. Uh, the only thing that really kept me out of trouble was being in a band. You know, I, I've been playing in bands since I was 14, but I was a drug dealer. You know, I got into all kinds of trouble, you know, hanging out in gangs, getting all kinds of violence, you know, run over with cars, guns pulled out on me, hit with baseball bats. I might, I've had my front of my skull fractured and both my legs um, just from, you know, gang shit, stupid shit. And it scared me straight, you know. You've been um, stabbed before too, haven't you? Yeah, a couple times. What's what's the like? What's the feeling when you get stabbed? Like, how does it feel? Like, I've always wondered. Uh, uh, well, I got stabbed. Uh, I was in a at a party, and a guy tried to stab me. Two people got in two different. One of my friends got into a fight somehow with somebody in a different gang, and then everyone started fighting. And a guy tried to stab me with like one of those fishing knives, uh, and uh, in the eye, and I like put my hand up, and it went through my finger, and it like cut all the way up. And it was pretty gnarly. They had to, my, my ring finger unraveled. They had to like sew it back together. I've had, I had plastic surgery. You can't really see I tattooed over it, but the front of my head had to pull back down. Um, you know? Yeah. So just like, you know, just whatever, just, but, uh, but we were kids. This is what happens. You know, this is how we grew up. You know, a lot of, a lot of people I grew up with died. They overdosed on drugs. A lot of people committed suicide. It was not, you know, people, it was not a good, it was not good. Yeah, you've been, you've been beaten to death too, right? And you, you've passed on. I mean, moved to a sober living for like three or four months before I could get a real job and save up to get an apartment. And, um, you know, and then my whole life changed. You know, I just, 
I like that's kind of where I re uh yeah, I was 13 years ago and that's where I like re I guess established um a relationship with a higher power, right? It was very it's a very recovery is very broad. It's not it's not about religion, it's about spirituality and the practice and um yeah, and then and then I I wound up moving back to New York after I was a, a little over a year sober, and then my brother tried to kill me um, during a home invasion. He he actually broke into my apartment and uh, beat me to death with a crowbar. Oh my god! Yeah, and so you know, broke my arm, my fractured the back of my skull, uh, perforated my spleen, exploded, um, and I bled to death and. Yeah, it was it was intense. I, I had a near death experience, full crossover, all that stuff. So you had like the white light, the, the, the freeing feeling, and stuff like that. And, like, it's not. It's it's way more complex than that. Um, yeah. I, I have a biography coming out at the end of the year, and I go pretty deep into what I remember. And I, you know, I was greeted by by people that I've known for a long time, and it kind of broke the matrix for me because. I was instructed to come back that I didn't finish my task, um, which I'll never forget, but they don't tell you what it is. So you just kind of know you have to like, you have to do something. And I've, I've always felt like that my whole life, but this like really um, solidified that. And um, yeah. And and I, and I believe in reincarnation. I think that we're, I think ours, like I, you know, I think our souls are, thousands and thousands of years old some of us you know we we run into people in life and we feel like we've known them forever because we already did you know and uh yeah it's a it's a pretty um pretty existential strange thing to talk about that i never knew anything about near-death experiences until i went through that and then since then several people who have died and come back have come into my life and all had very very similar um you know, similar experiences, you know, all different experiences. Like, yeah, you, you see a lot of the people on TV. It's like, these guys are crazy. And then it happens to you. And yeah, it sounds crazy until you experience it. And then it's like, you know, and I've, I've done like, yeah, and I was sober when I died. So it's like, there was nothing like I was on, on any drugs or anything. And, um, you know, I've done all, and I've, as a, an addict, a former addict, I've done all kinds of hallucinogens. And this is not yeah. that. It's it's not that. It's not uh, like oh we're gonna go take DMT. It's like no. It's that's nothing. It's like a trip to Disneyland. It's like it's not real. Oh wow! It, these experiences. I'm excited to read your book. Uh, are you doing an audio book as well? Uh, I'm not gonna do an audio book because they down because audio books get downloaded, and I just think there's something about. Um, I think mean, it's just something about having a book and having a hard copy. If I do an audio book, it would be on vinyl. And then I would do, I would release, probably what I would do is I would put out one vinyl a month for 12 months because the whole book would take, it would only be able to fit like less than an hour on each. That's pretty cool. That's a good idea, actually. I'd love to, to collect those, have like different like uh, artwork and stuff like that. Yeah, like a vinyl is way cooler than like putting it on your iPhone. Yeah, yeah, it's so much cooler because you actually I, have to sit down and listen to it, right? So yeah, I still like the process of opening something and having it and reading lyrics and you know what I mean. I miss you know I'm, I'm just a traditionalist, you know. I still go to record stores and pick up my record out of the store. 
because I can. I'm like, yo, I can do this, you know? Yeah, I, I wish that that's an option here in Canada. I mean, like, I don't know why I don't do it as often. I guess it's all about convenience now, right? And uh, mm-hmm. obviously Spotify and, and, you know, they don't pay what they should, but, like, it actually gives helps you get more discovery, uh, you know, if people who are trying to get their music out there. But it also kind of hurts them because they're not getting getting paid, right, the proper amount. Well, I mean, the the you know, there's, like, it's the long game, right? Like, you know, you have, there are, like, these brokerage firms that are buying up artists publishing because they know Spotify is going to last forever and that people, if you write songs that people for love forever, they'll always spin them. So artists who, have, who have, are older with larger catalogs are getting 30, 60, 70 million dollar deals for their publishing because these corporations are just like buying them up. It's a lot of Chinese corporations actually. Um, like Neil Young, when Neil Young went after Rogan, uh, I went in and did a little deep dive and found out that um, it's not uh, not BlackRock, Blackstar basically bought up all of his catalog. <laughs> it's like you know and i'm like bro you're like keep on rocking in the free world but you're out here trying to say people shouldn't express their freedom of speech i'm like it's kind of weird neil yeah and he he wasn't he wasn't actually too happy with the quality of his like music sounded on on the streaming services either so you know what a great way to get your thing off uh you know get your music off and uh you know you've come so far you know so far so good man i mean you got the band the lone wolf what's on what's on the deck coming up this coming year for your group man uh well we're gonna put out we're gonna put out another song uh called cancel the king on april 1st i'm gonna be dropping a song every month until the record comes out in july and so the the album's titled grand theft audio um you know i i have obviously i i was in a very public litigation and lawsuit last year with uh you know trying to get my music back and all this stuff. And so after the settlement, I just, I needed to take a couple of months to just breathe. Um, Cause I felt like I had been fighting and f- I fought all of 2020 and all of 2021 and hit the road and did, you know, tons of tours. And, you know, it, it, it was just like, I don't know. Like I, in, in, you know, for the past month or so, there's been a lot of record deal offers and when you put out a single and it's t- it's top five most you know downloaded singles in rock and it debuts in iTunes at number two behind Tool and you can see the money, you're like, there's absolutely no reason for me to have a record deal. I agree. There's absolutely awesome. no reason. It, and I think that's the most scary thing of why they want to shut me down because they're like, this guy is figuring things out. And now I'm like, you know, there, you know, if you try to establish yourself and you're trying to get out there and make, you know, you obviously it's a necessary evil, but for, for artists like me who have, have already had multi-platinum success, uh, you know, and, and, you know, half a dozen number one singles, it doesn't really matter, right? Like all I need to do is continue to figure out the vehicle to which I can get my music to the people. Um, and that's it. And like for now, it's like it's social media. Email lists are big. Like all artists who sleep on the email list, dude, the email list is life because that list, you back it up to a hard drive, you got it forever, and no one can censor you. You know, if like for example, my Instagram was deleted in 
November at 320,000 followers. I had to start all over again at zero, right? But, you know, I had an email list of, of tens, tens of thousands, 30, 40, 50,000 people at this point. So I emailed everyone to follow my new Instagram. So I, the next day I had 30,000 followers. You know, after this single got released, I've, I've raised 70,000 followers in the last month. And it's not it's not necessarily new fans. It's like people who are like, dude, I didn't even know where you went. Like, I, you know what I mean? So it's like I have so many fans out there that don't know where I am and don't know where I went because there was this massive campaign to cancel me. But, you know, it's like in the, the song Cancel the King, this thing is funny. It's like I've literally been murdered. Like, you know, I'm like, you're not going to get – this is not going to work. I'm not the kind of person who's just going to be like, oh, I feel bad and – put my tail between my legs and take my ball and go home. Like all you've done is successfully created, uh, you know, proof how powerless these people are, these mega billionaires and millionaires and their little ivory towers controlling culture. And now it's all the pendulum is swinging. And this, even, even the song trust the science, like, you know, this should be forbidden, you know? They're like, oh, you can't you can't talk about this. I'm like, fuck you. I'll say whatever I want. Well, people like you. Know? you. People like a personable person, uh, and that's what they see on stage. You you talk to them. I, I saw yeah, you yeah. With animals and Five Figure, whatever, here in Toronto, and that's I was looking forward to that concert. Yeah, I yeah, got yeah. halfway through your set, but... I felt, you know, you were being very personable. Like that was the first time I actually got to see Tommy vexed after all these years listening to what you got. Right. And it's, uh, that's yeah, what we that's, that's the thing is, there's not a lot. There's, there aren't a lot of genuine people left. Right. And so, you know, I, everything that I've been through reminds me that when I step on stage, Dude, I get to be there, and my job is literally to be of service to everybody for the, for the time. Like, I'm not curing cancer. Dude, I don't think I'm special like that. I'm like, dude, I get to go up there. It's the privilege and joy of my life. Like, I should be dead. You know what I mean? And these li my life experience have brought me to a place where I just want to connect with other people. And, and like, inside, I want other people to know it's going to be all right. Because I have gone through everything alone, and I just wish that someone would be like, bro, it's going to be all right. You're going to get through this, you know? So that's kind of like what my message is, whether it's an anti-suicide advocacy or it's about recovery or the family disease of alcoholism or mental health issues uh, or whatever the case may be, you know, because I don't shy away from talking about any of the most important things. And I don't know why, as a society... Or, you know, or as how Hollywood has kind of, you know, created this culture of like, stick to the script. I'm like, dude, this is real life. Yeah. This ain't a movie. It's not a movie. You know, all the best artists in the world were, were the best because they were good at telling the truth. You That's know what true. I mean? And so... That's what I want to be like. And you're, you're if I'm not allowed, if I'm not allowed to be on the radio, and I don't get invited to the cool party, I don't care. If I can't play in an arena, or this band doesn't want me to play because blah blah, I don't care. 
Yeah. I mean, you're still going to come, you're still going to come to my neck of the woods to sell the place. So it's, yeah, but it doesn't matter. Well, as long as, as long as the, as long as the Mounties let me in. By, by the way, did you ever go on a date with that Nicole Arbor girl or? or what's oh yeah. Yeah. That was a whole nightmare. That girl's nuts. Oh really? Oh, well, you want to, want to explain yeah. or can we go to details for it? No, I mean, like, uh, she's in a lawsuit with, like, four or five of her exes for defamation. Um, and then most of her social media platform is completely fake. Uh, she tried to assault me. Like, we went what? to Mexico together for New Year's, and she got drunk and came back to the room. And I was, like, on a Zoom call with my recovery, you know, network. Um and she was mad that I had liked another girl's picture on Instagram and ripped the phone out of the wall and threw it at me and smashed it. And it like just missed my head. Um, and I just packed up and I, I left her in Mexico. And I, I just was like, yo, don't ever talk to me ever again. Like, I, I don't do all that. Like, I'm, I'm too, yeah. you know, I'm, I, I've already had the dramatic girlfriends and the crazy. I've done all that. And she has a history of assaulting people. So I just left. And then yeah. I didn't really hear anything from her. She like blew up my phone a couple times and I was just like, yo, just like leave me alone. And then uh, she started dating this country rapper in Nashville named Ryan Upchurch. And then she assaulted him and then stole his wallet. And like, got, she had, she's, she's very, she has a lot of mental illness problems. And so, um, you know, she's like, she, she just got problems. You know, she's, she physically, punched the shit out she dated travi from art of dying gave him a black eye i've seen the pictures she assaulted matt santoro who me and matt actually want to becoming really good friends um because he reached out to me after her whole drama so and then and then uh i hit her with a defamation suit she went on candace owens show and said i was a drug dealer and a murderer or something like she's just like really not well when she's not on her meds Oh man, I'm sorry to hear that, man. I don't think it's you're I mean, a strong dude, person. this is hot. It's 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 Hollywood, bro. It's like this is what you, it is. You, you know. know what to expect anymore, man. It's well, like, this is somebody know. I like. I barely knew this person. Like, I, this is a person I hung out with for for like a week. What? It's you know? crazy. Like, yeah, you know, I thought she was a brilliant comedian, and then I was just like, this is fucking terrifying. Yeah, yeah. I don't see. I don't really care how long the flight is home. I'll just go. Like, holy yeah, yeah. That's my. I, I'm just out of here. I'm just you know so. Yeah, so she's got, I think she's going, she has to go to court. She, something happened where, I don't really pay too much attention, but I get email updates from the, from the other guys. And then her lawyers abandoned her. Her first law firm realized she was like insane and then dropped her. And then she got another law, another law firm. And then they just dropped her. So now she has to represent herself in court. Um, and it's just not going to go well. And, and I don't even, I don't even know, you know, she's doing like NFT scams. Now somebody reached out to me and said she stole $30,000 from them. And I had another nightclub owner said that she was supposed to come to the club and promote for 10 grand and never showed up oh, in Vegas. And like, I, I think she's just like a, she's kind of like a catfish, like a shark, like a, she's just a, um, a scam artist, I think. Yeah, it's unfortunate, man. Like she has such a big following on social media. It uh, it's not real. I, yeah, I, it, I, we conducted an audit. The legal team conducted an audit, and I think eighty-five percent of her following is is bots. Holy moly, man! Yeah, it's all. It's that's the problem. Is like there's this whole weird world of social media people who, if they're kind of very cunning and scammy, and they basically 
they know how to they know who to hire and they hire hackers to boost all their numbers to make it look like they're popular so it gets them like in the in crowd but she's really like nobody yeah it's 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 crazy because like even if you go on twitter you know or or facebook and like you know a politician or somebody will post something it's like where are all these people supporting this guy like you know where are these guys coming from like are we not on the same page here like this guy did do something wrong right why yeah you could see it in the engagement traditionally like you look at stuff and you're like this person has a you know a million followers and they have five thousand likes i'm like huh that's yeah. weird because that doesn't make sense to me you know yeah i mean man tommy we've we've covered a lot of stuff man like gotta have you back on here this is this has been good uh yeah, thank, you, thank you so much dude uh the show's called Beat Me for Coffee. I've heard you don't drink coffee. Um, I'm actually allergic to coffee. Yeah. That, that could be it's, a first. Uh, yeah. I mean, I try I tried to drink it twice and it's it's, it's I, I have like an allergic reaction. Yeah. It's sad because I believe that coffee is delicious. I just don't know. Yeah. You, know, you drink I, tea. Then. I do drink tea. I drink a lot of tea. Yeah. What do you take in your tea? How do you take your tea? Just black. I drink All PG right. tips to the head. Damn right, man. That sounds good. Thank you so much, dude. Yeah, thank you.